You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. everybody it's marty from all comics considered and tonight as we talk about destiny 2 roger wanted me to give a quick and short update on what happens in destiny 1 so you can walk into destiny 2 completely ready for the game now bungie is on the record saying that destiny 2 is a perfect jumping on point and it will catch you up very quickly but given that Bungie has also said that Destiny 2 is about loss and about reclaiming your home, knowing Destiny 1 is actually a pretty good idea. So if you don't have time to play the game right now, and if you just want to know the quick details about what the game is about and what's going on, this is for you. So Destiny is about you, a guardian, a person endowed with these magic powers from the light, to defend humanity and help it rebuild after a collapse of its golden age. There is a being called the Traveler. The Traveler was found on Mars, terraforming the planet, and it ushered in this amazing period of growth for, the, for humanity, where music, science, art, and culture flourished, and also guns. We made a lot of guns in the golden age. Because the Traveler had a lot of enemies, the enemies showed up, and humanity almost was extinct. What is left of humanity now, it lives in a city underneath the Traveler. There are other pockets of humanity across the planet Earth. We haven't seen anybody else off-system yet. But uh, right now, uh, the majority of humanity lives in the last city, protected by the Traveler and the Guardians. And the Guardians actually have uh, little bits of the Traveler with them called ghosts. And this is how, one, Guardians are brought back to life, and two, uh, how we learn a lot about the world. In Destiny, you can play one of three races, which have zero effect on game stats and gameplay. You are either a human, a sentient robot called an Exo, or an Awoken. And this is a human that was altered because of the collapse. Uh, you, as a Guardian, were resurrected uh, maybe seven to 800 years after the collapse. Um, and you are sent first to go escape and survive the horrors that are known as the Cosmodrome, which is a Russian spaceport, to go to the last city and meet your friends and your allies and the NPCs who you will see in the upcoming Destiny 2 trailers. Awoken look like Zavala, who is voiced by Lance Riddick, who is uh, the subject of the first movie in the hour-long Destiny 2 reveal. Zavala is a great character, the paladin of the party, right? He is the leader of the vanguard. It is his job to protect and guide humanity uh, in always military and defense. Nathan Fillion is the voice of Cade Six. He is our robot rogue. He is the hunter boss. He's a great character as well. And if you also recognize the voice of Gina Torres, you know the banter between Ikora and Cade is going to be great because the banter between Zoe and and Mal was amazing. There are other people that you meet in the tower. For our purposes, we're going to talk about somebody else. Her name is Mara Sav. She's the Queen of the Reef, and she features prominently uh, a couple times in the game itself, uh, but we'll talk about her when we reach her. Destiny 1 takes you from Earth 
just but just Russia and the Cosmodrome, to the moon, to Venus, to the asteroid belt, and then to Mars. In PvP matches, you also end up on Mercury and in a couple places throughout the world, but let's not worry about the PvP stuff. We don't have time. As the story progresses, we learn first to survive from the Fallen. We learn that the Traveler's most feared enemy, the Hive, are on Earth. But then we stop talking about the Hive and go deal with the Vex. Um, those are our three alien races that, that are prominently featured in the game. But there is a fourth, and you need to know about the Cabal, uh, who is the fourth enemy. They own Mars, and they also are part of the Taken King expansion, the best expansion if you ask me. And they are basically 800-pound rhino turtles in power armor. Uh, They're terrifying. The Cabal are, think of the Roman Legion in space, but instead of people, they are rhino turtles with power armor and uh, have this giant empire. Uh, They are simple. They have simple tactics, but that doesn't mean that they are easy. They overwhelm with brute force. They have hackers called scions that also seem to have psionic or magical abilities. Um, And according to Cade, they have no word in their language for retreat. Uh, They are loyal to a fault. And when something gets in their way, like, say, the moon Phobos, or I think it's Deimos, they actually move, they just move it or obliterate it. Uh, The Cabal are a terrifying foe, but they're not the most evil that we encounter. That distinction falls to the Hive, which are basically like us, but worse. Uh, Whereas Guardians are powered by the light, the Hive are powered by the darkness. Uh, The Cabal are terrifying because they are the ones that launch the attack that we see in the trailers. The Cabal are divvied up into legions, but that just is a different type of skin that we see for each one. Uh, There there are multiple types of troops that they have, but at the end of the day, what you need to know is that the Cabal have jetpacks, they fly around, and they'll shoot your face off. They're pretty scary. But they are disciplined troops. in a way that the other races are not like fallen will actually run away from you. Um, and the hive are mindless for the most part, but they also have shields, but the, uh, the cabal are the ones to be worried about, but more so than the cabal. When you walk into the destiny to experience, uh, you're going to be encountered with finding lore on your own. Uh, lore will be in game and lore will also be, uh, unlocked through, through things that you discover in the universe, but sent to uh, through its API, sent to your phone or to a web page or to some other application, so you can look at it in detail in, this, in the future. I don't imagine a lot of people who want to play first-person shooters will also want to read the terminal text like we did back in the 90s. So what Bungie did in this case was gave us an app for that. And it's a really cool tool that you can use to learn about your lore. We also need to learn a little bit When it comes to Destiny, there are a lot of allusions and references uh, to Greek myth, to history, to literature. Um, Like, for example, the Hive have their own holy book called the Books of Sorrow that detail how the Hive became the Hive and how they became to worship the dark and how they need to consume the light in order to take care of the darkness inside them so that they don't die. Because the Hive are also immortal like the Guardians. We spend Destiny 1 killing bad guys, whether it is the House of Wolves in the third expansion or Crota, uh, the big bad of the first expansion. 
uh, we get loot, we get our stuff, we go on these raids that are sometimes integral to the story. Like, for example, in the Taken King expansion, the the main story mission, you kill the big bad, Oryx, but then to really get rid of them, you have to go play uh, deeper into his turf than when you were just moments before. But the story takes you there organically. The Rise of Iron, the last expansion of Destiny 1, is a bookend to the series. It takes you back to the Cosmodrome, back to dealing with the Fallen and the Hive, and uh, reclaiming Golden Age technology that has been perverted uh, by something. Uh, We're not sure who did it and why. And to be fair, it's kind of why Rise of Iron is not as great as The Taken King, because The Taken King, the lore and the gameplay is spot-on perfect, while the Rise of Iron has some cool new tricks and tips for playing the game, the lore isn't as tight. But this is what you need to know about Destiny 1. Uh, the story that was jumbled at the beginning gets clearer and more organic, and the interactions that you have with these NPCs, the cutscenes that you are a part of, the dialogue that you get to be a part of or you get to witness, all lead to a very immersive sci-fi experience that in Destiny 2... You lose right from the get-go. Now, you're going to rebuild these relationships and you're going to go on an epic quest to start the rebuilding process. But without having played the game, without having experienced the terror of the Vault of Glass and how the enemies literally will wipe you from time itself or send you spinning across the ocean of time like a stone skips across the ocean, literally that's what it does, you may not appreciate the loss of those items that you have carried forward from these raids and these expansions. It's a cool jumping on point, but your guardian will be new. And that's not a bad thing. The games need to be included and need to be more inclusive for newer players. But at the end of the day, what makes the destiny franchise so great is that it has a lot of thought and process and philosophy and cohesion in its lore. Even when its story at first didn't really pan out. If there's only one thing I can tell you about before the Destiny 2 launch, and you're not going to watch, you'll watch all the Destiny 2 stuff because it's what's got you interested in. There's a link that Roger is going to provide that will take you to the Taken King opening cinematic. That opening cinematic explains exactly where we have been, where we are going in this expansion, and what the future of the game is going to be. Because it is about a plan and about secrets and about good versus evil and sacrifice and struggle. And it's exactly the sci-fi shoot 'em up epic that you need and that I would love to talk to you guys about anytime I'm on For the Lore or anytime on Twitter. You can always find me at One Pretentious Bastard on Twitter to talk about Destiny. Thanks a lot, guys. And now for the rest of the show. And with that, we do have Marty here, and we are going to be talking about Destiny, because of course we got the announcement for Destiny 2, and those of us who played Destiny the original and 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 loved it, really were quite excited about this announcement, to see what we can expect going forward. Because while the first year was iffy and they faltered now and again, and let's be honest, the, the entirety, even including the expansions, had some issues because of the manner in which story was embedded in Destiny 1, say like with the Grimoires. Now they have the opportunity to fix those issues and to give us a game that is 
far more inclusive, that has all of the lore already built in. You don't have to go and get a goddamn app to get it. It's there for you to find, to read up on, to know more about your history. And because they selected to to go the route of destruction and rebuilding, then it's even more important to put those elements of history inside of the game so that new players can find it and existing players can feel that nod to moments that they had within the game. So let's start with that. And then we're actually going to transition a little bit into Destiny just to talk about some of our our favorite moments and things like that and what people should know moving forward. But right from the get-go, when you look at the announcement and the fact that they are going this route with the expansion of a almost wiping the slate clean, both in reality as well as in proverbially, and starting from scratch. Do you feel that that actually was the best route or should they have built on what was there expecting new players to just hit the ground running and be ready to go? So, Marty, we'll start with you seeing as you're a guest. Well, thank you for letting me start. Um, also, I think this is the first time I've recorded with Joe. So, hey, Joe. <laughs> well, hi there. Hi. So, you know, I've been, I've been giving this a lot of thought because um, I have wanted somebody to attack the last city since basically year one Destiny because I think that would be fun to do. I didn't want them to destroy the tower. I just wanted to have like an incursion or something. But the more I think about it, I do think like you, I'm not entirely sure this is the best time to do it because um, you can only hit reset once. So this is it. You, if you keep hitting reset with every sequel that they do for a 10 year game, th- that's going to get really old really fast. That's my concern. Um, I'm hoping that the experience for the past three years have taught them like this is how we're going to arc out each expansion and each sequel so that we can not hit reset. So I'm going to take a wait and see leaning towards actually probably leaning towards bad idea, just because you get one chance to hit the reset button and they're doing it at the sequel. And I'm not sure that's the, the best time unless they can show that the whole game has been uh, planned out to a little bit better of a degree. Do you really get the feeling after everything that we've seen in one that they are planning that far ahead? No. Now they are. Yeah. Really that Uh, far, though? I I, I get the impression when I I see these things that they've got basically one, maybe two expansions planned, and that's about it. You know, I think... So I think of sequels in terms of comic book arcs, just because that's just how my brain works now. So I'm hoping that they know what the last expansion is and then they're just going to backfill from there. But I'm not convinced. That's why I'm leaning towards this may not be the best idea because you get to hit the reset button once. And I would hit the reset button at, you know, at the year five mark just because this would give an opportunity to rebuild. But maybe maybe they got something planned. Well, here's what I think they do. Here's what I think about that as well, and and it kind of goes in in line with what you're saying, because the problem with doing it this way 
is and and I'm on the fence. I'm still undecided either whether I think it was the right call. I I'm leaning towards no. I I I too think that the destruction should have come a little bit later on, but th- but that's fine. The reason that I have an issue with it though isn't this idea of well you can only have one reset so much as how can you expect the players to have some form of attachment to the setting if it's that easily destroyed and gone. And I, I kind of relate it to different things in WoW that have happened over the years where you get attached to something only for it to be completely useless in the next expansion. So here, if everything that you've worked for is gone that easily, then are you really that likely to feel that attachment to that city knowing that at the end of this or at the beginning of the next you know, Destiny 3, that uh, they might choose to do the same damn thing again. So for me, it's the the immersion level that, that kind of mm-hmm. makes me iffy about this idea coming up right now. Joe, what about you? As far as believing if the reset is good? Yeah, like was this the right choice for an expansion or should they have possibly gone for another story arc? So here's the thing, right? And I've been giving this a lot of thought and I've actually had this debate with a bunch of people that I play Destiny with at work because they're equal parts excited and really scared, if that makes sense, because they put a lot of time and effort into their original characters and everything else, and they don't necessarily want a reset, but I think it's the right time, and I think this is the perfect opportunity because Destiny 1 was a fantastic game, but it was not without its flaws. It And let's be honest, for as good as it was, there was a ton of them resetting putting back to a clean slate when you have other players now helping you players that are more experienced getting their 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 sort of fingers in that pot with you and you're listening to their experience and hey this is where we fucked up don't do this oh you can invest a lot of time in that but we got this all set up for you why don't you just use ours as well it's a perfect time to to wipe to zero accessibility is going to be at an all-time high it doesn't create a barrier for new players coming in, uh, trying to link up with old players. Honestly, if they didn't do it now, I don't think they would have had an opportunity to do it at all. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm definitely with Joe on this one. Uh, I think this is the exact right time. Like, as, as much as we all enjoy it, like, uh, Marty, did you play Vanilla Destiny or did you pick I, it up later? I played, I was, uh, I played the beta and um, switched from the 360 to the one. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm like a day. Yeah, I'm a day one player. Yeah. So. so you, Roger and I were all there from the beginning. I know, Joe, you picked up at Taken King, right? Well, and that, yeah, I, p- I picked up at Taken King. And let mm. me tell you, my experience, it oh, was no. a pain in the goddamn dick to catch up or find anybody sure. to fucking play with. But, but, the, but what I'm getting at is those of us who played the original version before they figured shit out, we still really enjoyed the game despite all of its flaws. But everybody I know who didn't play Destiny at any point through its life still has a hatred for the game for the the way it launched and, you know, the perceived lack of content and this and that. So if you're going to relaunch, this is the time to do it because you have an opportunity to get back some of those players that you lost to still consider the game as garbage from its state three years ago, not its state right now. And I look at this as a parallel with Final Fantasy fourteen, where when that original version 1.0 launched, it was hot fucking garbage. And they had a small group of players that stuck with it 
just because it had Final Fantasy in the name. And the entire rest of the online gaming community had wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. So when 2.0 came out with A Realm Reborn, the entire concept was they literally blew up the planet and re and everybody was reborn into a new world. So if you're going to hit that reset button, now is the best time to do it to metaphorically and thematically show that those dark days of destiny 1.0 are behind us and we're moving into a new, a new space now. Like we, you know, this isn't going to be the things that you've heard all the horror stories about. Like if you passed on us three years ago and didn't pay attention to the expansions, now's a good time to come check us out because this is new. We put everything that we did before behind us and now we're stepping forward in a new foot. And I can see this as now, you know, we're probably going to have a couple years worth of expansions and then a destiny three and four down the road, if you will. So if you blow everything up now, then you can thematically wrap your head around having those reboots every, you know, every couple years when a new numbered sequel comes out as being, you know, building up from the ashes. Now it gives you a reason to have new characters, new, new generations down the line. So I don't think they're going to have to blow it up every time they relaunch with a new number edition. I think Joe made a really made some really solid points. I found myself nodding along like this is this is the time to do it. And Vince, you're right. I think this is the time to do it. And like, the, the point I'm hearing is like, it's hard to always find someone to play with. Um, Cause I also played a lot of halo and I stopped wearing a headset playing the Xbox oh, yeah. after a 12 year old told me to suck his dick. Um, <laughs> and I'm like little shit bird. Like I, I send people like you to jail. Literally. I send people like you to jail. I don't want to be talked to like this. <laughs> so there's that, power that, trip in there. that I just don't want to deal with anymore. Um, but like the destiny lore community they're pretty solid group of players who will take you on exploration runs and take you on strikes and on raids. And it's just a matter of time management for me at this point to find those right people. But with destiny Two adding these like clan features and these, you can play alone, but you can always play with somebody else sorts of features. I think that is going to eliminate a lot of the, it's hard to find somebody to play with. Um, because, like, I don't know how many raids you guys did. I, I did uh, Vault of Glass, and that is... Vault of Glass was way harder than anything I've ever had to do in WoW. Um, and I've done a lot of raids in WoW. So, that, like, Vault of Glass was insane. Uh, and I, you know, the uh, the Crota raid was also pretty hard. Um, whereas, like, on PC gaming, raiding is just a matter of learning stuff. But with, with the Vault of Glass, it was, like... His braiding has never felt as difficult as it did with Vault of Glass. Well, so. the the difference between the two, and and this is going to sound like an insult to um, mm. to WoW raiders, and and that's not how it's intended. But it's it's just one of those things where the raids in in WoW is very much about knowing the mechanics and being properly geared. And, right. and there's also skill, of course, but those are the important things. Whereas the raids in Destiny were about knowing the fights, about being well geared, but also that skill. You need that right. skill. You need to be able to hit your target, not just tab target and hit it. You need to be able to bounce around when you need to and not just kind of move a little bit around in, in raids. Again, there's some high end rating guilds that uh, it, it's certainly not meant to demean them and there is skull, skill involved, but it's a different type of skill, very different. And if you don't have that fast twitch, uh, the uh, skill in, uh, in, in destiny, then that's not going to get better. And it's going yeah. to sure. keep, 
keep <laughs> you're going to keep hitting your head against the wall as you try to do these raids sometimes i know i did it's just it's one of those things where you wonder is it the gear or is it the skill sometimes it's a mixture of two but it's it's definitely different and harder i found yeah but what I, yeah. it's definitely harder especially if you've never played an fps before and here's the thing that I think Destiny 1 came against that uh, that kind of shot them in the foot. Everybody wanted to play this game because it was supposed to be this big, expansive event, this this creation that spanned multiple different genres and was supposed to be the next big thing. And you had all these people that have never touched an FPS before trying to get into it. Right. And that it, it the the learning curve was brutal. The trying to find groups or more experienced players to like figure out what the hell you're supposed to do was brutal. I mean, hell, me as a player, even coming in at the Taking King, the first time I got to look at the Traveler and sit in the main city, I'm sitting there like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Like, I had to look at external sources to figure that out. Whereas games like WoW, they sort of tell you, go here, right. do this, do this other thing. Now, with the reset, I think also why it's a good time and just kind of loop back to that is FPSs have come back into sort of a mainstream. When Destiny came out, first-person shooters kind of were at a lull. Now, thanks to games like Overwatch and Battleborn, uh, the new first-person shooters that have come out, or I call them first-person shooters, but first-person games like Dishonored that was really, really good, Deus Ex, these are games that are starting to get people back into that mode and start to sort of understand it again, which opens up a whole new player base that they previously left behind in the dust it also really helps that the reigning champion in sci-fi first person shooters has been hot garbage for a couple of years well, Fair. Never heard. <laughs> i mean that might be an understatement actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> people people are realizing where all the talent that made that game went let's put it that way I do like the that part of the announcement too. They were talking about the new raid system and about that. Uh, what do they call it when you can just bring in one or two people? Uh, open group or something like that. Yeah. Whatever, Marty. Do you remember? No, I don't. Okay, I, you know I what I'm talking about. Open though. group, but like, I, I think it's uh, reasonably client features. Group. Yeah, yeah, that I thought that was awesome mm-hmm. because again, that's one of those things where it's often you're. You see that again often in MMOs too. You're missing one or maybe two people kind of thing to do something. So this opens it up. And alternatively for that one or two people that aren't interested in joining a clan but just want to see and do the content, that's perfect. It's it's a brilliant system that's going to cater to both sides equally. And even though it's a sales pitch, the fact is – it will entice people to go into clans because they're going to get yeah. together with a group of guys or and women and be able to see, oh, yeah, they're, these are actually – this is a good group. I like these people. Sure, I'll give them a shot. Or no, but hey, at least I got to see this raid. Either way, it's a win. I mean, sure, sometimes Those guys were assholes, but I got a cool sniper rifle out of the deal. <laughs> if I can get an icebreaker out of that deal, I'm fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. Oh, yeah. I thought the whole – the first principles that they're talking about, like, you know, always something to do, always fun. And then the third one was what um, being being awesome, I think, was one of them or like being challenged. Like those are the principles that I want, because I mean, I remember Destiny one. If you didn't have Gallarhorn in vanilla Destiny and you wanted to do uh, Vault of Glass with people, they'd be like, no, if you don't have Galley, get the fuck out. Um, if you're not a Sunsinger warlock, get the fuck out. 
Uh, and you could only like be a blade dancer if for a for one jumping puzzle because you could just basically <laughs> skate across the jumping puzzle, which I which I love because I fucking hate jumping puzzles. But people got pretty uh, territorial and exclusive about who we can game with and why because you don't have the right gear, which is completely against the MMO experiences that I've had, where it's always been like play what you want, have fun. Get your skill wait, up. Wait, get did the you tactics. say it has always been? Yeah, I was gonna. Like, I was gonna question that too. Why the fuck oh, are you yeah. playing these games? And like, how late did you come into these MMOs? Because oh, Destiny yeah. One, Destiny One suffered from the same thing that every vanilla MMO suffered from in that capacity. WoW went through it. Wildstar went mm-hmm. through it. Uh, Conan went through it. The, the way back when, like all of except with the exception of like City of Heroes. Which okay, had a system built in to which avoid is the most that game ever made. It is, <laughs> but which purposely was set up to avoid that. Every game has that stumbling block where it's like th- there's a skill and you have to have this, and the community becomes really, really like picky about who it brings along with it. Ugh, that they've learned. I think they've learned. <laughs> My experience was like I'm a day one WoW player, and like I got into raids late, but the people that I grouped with, like all the friends that showed up to my wedding and how I talk to literally every day, even if some of them have not played the game in years. Um, you were lucky. The, the philosophy we engulf, uh, we engaged in was don't be a dick. And <laughs> you, you know, were I, lucky. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> really lucky. lucky. You were very lucky. Cause not, that's not, that not how it works. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I remember the first time they introduced the uh, LFRs. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is like, uh, slumming. I don't want to do this. These people are rude. Um, yeah. So, so let's go back to uh, actually the original Destiny before we dive into more of the news on 2. So I, I I did pick up the Xbox version, the Xbox <laughs> One. It was yeah. a good sale. It was a very good sale. So I went, you know what? I would like to actually play through the raids before the um, the second one comes out because I... I didn't, again, we've talked about this on the podcast before. There's there's only so much time in a day. And when the expansions were coming out, well, we were past Destiny at that point and moving on to a whole bunch of other games. And part of that I is also... It came out at the same time as Fallout 4. That was not a favorable oh, yeah. comparison for us. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, part of it is not just what we want to play, but also is what we play constantly, all kinds of different things for the podcast so that we can talk about them. So you can't really hang on one thing too, too long. But it's one of those, again, I really, really wanted to go back and, and do them. So I'm going to be tapping you for fucking sure to give me a head for, with some of those because I just got my, I got a warlock. I made a warlock and I, I bumped him up to uh, 40. So nice. And then I'll work on a hunter as well. But but yeah, I'm, it was nice to be back because again, even though I've got it on PS4, I have not played it for a while now. So get in and move around and shoot. It was like, oh yeah, I remember. Like it's just the feel of that game is so bloody good. It's so well done. It handles beautifully. I will say though, although some of that has to do with the shitty ass fucking guns you start with, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I find the handling actually to be a little bit better on the PS4 than the Xbox One. Could be a personal preference, but I did find it a little I, bit different. Yeah, I almost think that's a personal preference. It might unless, be. Unless they purposely fucked with Microsoft to say, fuck you, which I mean, yeah. is entirely possible. It right? is. 
<laughs> it is. But again, it was, it, it's nice to be in. And now I'm setting myself up. Okay. So what are the first important raids that I need to, to work on and, and get through kind of thing? And it's, it's kind of, again, it's fun. It's fun to get in there and, and think, okay, I need to go and do some grinding, get some better gear and, and be ready to get in there. So what were some of your favorite moments in the game though? When you look at it, Marty, looking back and you're actually still active, you had said as well. So what are, what were some of your highlights and some of the things that you still enjoy going in and doing now? So, um, my favorite thing to do in Destiny is to, uh, one of my best friends of all time, um, we log on together and we just work towards a specific goal, whether it's like gearing up to do nightfall raids or it's um, gearing up to do raids of themselves. And I think my favorite thing to do uh, is literally completing the books that they started giving out towards the end of the Taken King, which is a new way of tracking achievements. And I don't know what it is about the whole, it's a book pages flip. Um, when you get, you get a notification saying that you completed something completing those things has been my go-to thing more so than like sniping other players from across the map, which is also a lot of fun, um, completing those things. So I've been playing a hunter, like I play a blade dance hunter as my main and I just leveled my warlock up to 40 and completed all the PVP quests on that one. And that is not easy. Um, what made it easy was one of the gameplay modes was it was called mayhem where basically your powers come back super quick. And that was so much fun. Um, like I, I find that uh, destiny's PVP uh, as long as you can appreciate like the other person's skill, if it's like a lag issue that sucks, but if like a dude um, snipes one person uh, rolls and then shotguns you in the face as you're trying to get a beat on them, you, you got to give that person credit oh, yeah. for killing you. Yeah. Um, that was, it was like, oh my God, that was amazing to watch, even though I just died and you're making this game harder for me. <laughs> um, but completing those tasks, like, I don't know what it is. Uh, like one of the tasks is uh, get uh, 100 ships, which I never collected. Uh, are there a hundred ships? <laughs> there, I, mean, I guess by now there are, there are so many goddamn ships. And I don't care about ships, but I want that. I want that. Um, I want that completion button. I want that little that little button. Um, Let me ask you this before you keep going, sure. though: Are you the same way in other games? Are you a trophy no. horror, achievement horror? No, no. it's um, this. The only other game I did that for was Mass Effect. Um, that was the only other game I did that for. Like, wow, I don't uh, like. There's a if there's something I really want, like I wanted. Um, Kings, I wanted the Kingslayer title. When the Kingslayer title came out, I'm like, this is my goal. We're going to go do it. And because I'm on a flipping RP server thing, maybe that was one of the reasons why it was a totally different experience for me. But uh, we all worked together. We got our titles before the end of the X pack. It was great. Um, I'm not an achievement hunter. And like even in Halo, I wasn't an achievement hunter. Right. Um, but in this particular instance, I want this. Um, <laughs> and it's not like the PVP stuff that interests me, although that's fun. It's not like they're like super competitive PVP stuff called the trials of Osiris, which are just insane. This is all like 
partly, I guess it's like, I got to prove that I still got some Twitch left in my, in my fingers. Uh, but it's, it's like, I'm going to get these 100 goddamn ships and I'm going to get all these stupid shaders and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Like I have no issue flying in, grinding out and farming uh, glimmer so I can buy stuff and then buying the stupid ships. Um, it, it's a testament to Bungie's design philosophy in that yeah. they understand, you know, having an overall picture, but that overall picture is comprised of hundreds and hundreds of small little moments. And I, I, which from what you're telling me is, you know, from my experience with them on Halo and the bit of time I spent with uh, Vanilla Destiny, that they understand that you can have like this long term, long term goal. But if they space out the reward structure on the way there, you it's it's not get 100 ships. It's, hey, do this cool thing 100 times, which is a very different way of looking at it. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's like these ships don't matter. Like the one thing I've wanted, I want, and we'll talk about this more in a bit, I guess, but I want ship to ship combat. Like I remember in Halo, the greatest moment of playing Halo for me was stealing mm-hmm. uh one of the, you know, one of the, was it a Banshee? And then just flying off the map at, with zero health, <laughs> right? And being like, well, I'm just going to live forever in this goddamn vehicle. <laughs> um, they don't have that per se. They have like, they're slowly building up to it. Um, I saw a this. lot of tanks in that Destiny 2 trailer. That got me a little excited. Oh, you can, you can drive a tank now in combined oh. arms. Uh, yep. When it's, when it's available. And it's, it's pretty good. Like a buddy of mine from the lore community completed one of the pvp quests which is something i don't like that much at all Mm -hmm. uh, but completed one just by like getting in an interceptor and winning three games and boom he was done and this is a quest that i've been trying to do since year two Uh, (laughs) and there's no way i could do because i'm not that good as a pvper but the structure of the majority of the quests is like or the task is something you do like 30 multi-kills that's mm-hmm. not that's not awful to do during a mayhem week, but 30, you know, before mayhem, it was a nightmare um, and they just added this feature. And I'm like, it's so much more enjoyable because, you know, if you're a Sunsinger warlock, you basically make spots of flame appear everywhere. And so your power is like activated every 30 seconds. So this the whole map is covered in fire and it's wonderful. Um, I, yeah. So, yeah, my favorite thing is like, that achievement stuff, which never before, like I, there's key specific moments like mass effect because I love that series and, um, Kingslayer. And other than that, like I've played more destiny the past couple of days than I have in a while, just because I'm at 96, I was at 91% and I wanted to reach a hundred so I can help my buddy get to a hundred as well. Cause then you get the cool destiny, uh, end of vanilla De- end of destiny year one uh, t-shirt which uh, I want I mean you can buy it now for like seventy seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven dollars but if you you know complete the book you get it for twenty seven dollars so wow okay. yeah it's uh it's so bungee I mean like like so when I recorded that intro bit like I talked about my relationship to Bungie back when they were developing for the Mac and the Mac only with Marathon and uh, Myth was uh, cross-platform. Uh, their canceled game Oni. Uh, Halo was initially a Mac game that was yep. going to have PC support. And I still distinctly remember being in my dorm room watching this video being like, 
holy shit, this game is going to be rad as fuck. And then two months later, Microsoft's like, oh, by the way, we just bought the Chicago-based game company Bungie, and they're going to fly them out to Redmond, and they're going to port Halo over to the Xbox. Um, so, like, that's just stuff like that where, like, yeah, do this thing and you'll get to buy this cool thing is baked into Bungie's DNA. They've been doing stuff like that for forever. So, Joe, you're still playing company. as well. What's some of the stuff that you're enjoying doing now? So I haven't popped in in a little bit, but one of the things that I've really enjoyed is, and it's going to sound so goofy, and it's a thing that a lot of people hate. I love jumping puzzles, and I love the way that Destiny <laughs> pulls them off. And I'll, I'll never I forget. I loved looking for those hidden ghosts back when I was playing. Yes. It's so much fun. But it was really, it was funny because I was playing with my friend Adam way back when, when I first started playing, and he was trying to take me through the different raids and everything and catch me up, and we had a couple friends, and he was trying to take me through the King's Fall raid ship, and you know how they, there's that section with the invisible platforms that you need to use the ghost to kind of figure everything out and where to go to get the hidden chest and then the other way around to go make your way to Oryx and, and crap like that? He didn't, he was trying to explain to me how to get through it, and I love him dearly, he's a great guy drink beer with him all the time super chill dude horrible at explaining things <laughs> absolutely shit at it and then he's just like do you understand what i mean and i'm like nope and i just go and he said you're gonna die you're gonna die. like he's yelling into my head so like you're gonna do it wrong you're gonna and then i made my way all the way up to the chest and he just looks at me he's like fuck you like, <laughs> just, just, just fuck off but it's like I i'm love- with him <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm a platformer. I love platformers. I always have. And I like 3D spatial reasoning platforming. And Destiny does that better than almost any other game I've played. So being able to do those those types of things, look for the hidden areas, look for ways around walls and finding my way perhaps accidentally into the vault of glass when you was you could get into it and not have anything loaded in besides the actual area. Uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like those were fun to do for me. And even now, like when I go in, like I look for things that it's like, have I explored this region yet? Uh, like when you're out in the, the reach and there's areas out there where you can go, you can go all the way out and touch spaceships. And it's like, it's just like random stuff like that. It's that's cool to me. And that's to me quintessentially what destiny is about. It's about the motion, the locomotion and enjoying that type of thing. Let's start in on to in some of the stuff that we are most impressed with and, and what we're looking forward to. Again, Marty, you are our guest. What's some of the stuff that really kind of blew you away that you're looking forward to? In Destiny 2? Yeah. So I was late to the stream and um, I did watch the stream probably when I was not supposed to, but I did anyway. And um, so when I got home and I watched it again because I'm that type of guy – uh, the first thing that blew me away was like the story of Zavala, who is like, you know, explaining what a guardian is for the people that are at this live stream event. Um, and what blew me away is like what we're going to do, I think, in Destiny 2 is kind of relive the early days of what it meant to be a guardian. And I'm not talking about like Destiny, vanilla Destiny experience. I'm talking about like the days after the collapse when your ghost first finds you and you are um, becoming a guardian. But this is like before the city is built, before anything. And we have to rebuild not just our character and our gear and our light score, but literally the world. And we have to go find Zavala and 
uh, that like that questing component of like going to find these characters that like Lance Riddick can read the phone book and I will yep. love it. Uh, he's just like Zavala is a great stoic character and we're going to go hang out with him on a utopia built on the, you know, methane moon of Titan. That's going to be rad. Uh, there's that. And then there's the discussion of like this, these adventure zones where mm-hmm. lost areas will appear and you get to go find and quest stuff like, uh, th- because I think we're going to get buried in those zones more of the lore. And I know they just announced it like earlier, but they announced it yesterday that they're killing the grimoire from the app. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't tell the story through cards, which fine. You can see in the live stream that there's actually a lore button. And I'm not opposed to it because they're still probably going to like push the lore out one way or another. But we're going to find stuff and experience this world that they've built. And like guys on Reddit and I don't go on Reddit all that often except for Destiny and high quality gifts. Um, there is a gigantic series of posts on how the Vault of Glass is a retelling of the myth of Theseus in the in the Labyrinth and the Minotaur. Like, it's that just... makes a lot of sense. It's so good. And that's the stuff that, like, if Destiny 2 is going to be working towards Vault of Glass level lore and creation and stuff, this can be so much fun exploring and like seeing the world that they've built that now we get to to play in and rebuild with them. I it's that adventure zone and like the idea of rebuilding everything with the Guardians that has me so hyped for Destiny 2. Vince, what about you? Well, I'm a little disappointed, Marty, because I can sum up what I'm excited <laughs> for in three words. Captain fucking America. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> like as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm in. I, that's all that's literally all I needed. Like, yeah, all the lore stuff. Like, I, I'm actually like gameplay wise, like I, lore stuff is great. Like, I'm actually really excited to see how they handle that, you know, the whole map and living world type stuff. Because like I spent countless amounts of hours just on like the the overworld patrols in first mm-hmm. destiny yep. of like just like going out there and like just doing that that random stuff running into people having those cool experiences and then hopping on my sparrow and jetting off to the next thing like that was a blast so the the open world stuff i don't want to call it open world but the 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 world map stuff if you will is is what i'm most looking forward to seeing how they're handling here because the biggest pop crowd pop of the night was when they said you don't have to go into orbit (laughs) right (laughs) which is nice Oh, but yeah, but the Captain America shield thing, I'm like, I've played a hunter from day one. And I'm like, I might, I might play a lot more uh, Titan uh, in the upcoming Because well, I mean, here's the thing, like, I, I thought these were just being added in, but I come to find out they're actually replacing some of the specs from year one, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, like, in my my main in Destiny when I played and when I'm going to start playing again soon was a uh, Guardian Titan, the, the bubble shield. And the Captain America spec is what's replacing the bubble shield. So that's that's the the Sentinel is replacing the Guardian. So it's basically my exact same spec, just with new powers. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Oh, <laughs> Joe, what about you? I mean, it's already been kind of said, but it's the fact that the lore looks like it's going to be actually in the game instead of on a website that I have to leave the game like, to go and enjoy. Here's the thing. like I actually do kind of hope 
the grimoire survives in game sure. in some sort of form because I actually what I really liked about the grimoire was that you unlocked it as you continued to play the game. And not oh, just like I hey, agree with you that. found this, but like it, it was again that reward structure of hey, I reached my thousand kills. I wonder what kind of cool lore shit I unlocked on the cards now. Like I was actually really into the grimoire. I hated mm-hmm. that I had to use my phone for it, but conceptually I really liked it. And and that's the thing. Like I like that idea. I like the concept of it, but I want more of it in game. Yes. And I say this a lot and, I, and I've always said this a lot like that was one of my biggest gripes about almost every MMO I've ever played is that I felt like I had to have two monitors one for the game and one for the information that was that I needed to access that wasn't available in game like I have ThoughtBot on my laptop while I'm playing you know wow on my main PC that type of stuff that's awful to me I don't want to have to leave the game in order to play the game and for me just like you guys story lore those type of things matter to me especially when you're building a world and now where you're wiping things clean and you're introducing a whole new world building experience because let's be honest that's what it is it is a Mm -hmm. world building experience for the devs and the players at the exact same time which is phenomenal i need something that keeps me in that game and wants it makes me want to keep playing not just the combat not just the sense of exploration but if i unlock something cool let me see it both in game and out of game. Give me something that shows it in game, like that the unlocks or, or the story of how Sanctuary was built and everything like that. That's great. Give me more of that in game. You have the engine, you have the capability, you have the technology. <laughs> Do this, and and that'll be great for me because there are two other key things that are, are happening right now. One, it's going to be available on PC, which was a huge misstep of the first one. And two, that the the group system means I'm not going to miss content if my friends happen to be asleep and I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and that means that I get to experience that story and possibly make new friends and spend a lot of time in this game, which I love the universe that they've built. I love the classes. I love the lore of it. I'm really excited to see more of that in game. I agree. I agree. I I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to being able to enjoy it a little bit more because I'll be playing on PC too. I don't what are you guys planning? Is everybody planning PC or Marty you still leaning towards Xbox? I've got to play on the one like I I have I'm a Mac user and so I'm used to playing on consoles for fun games. So right. It's fine. Ah. Joe, you're going PC of course. I am going PC. Um most of my friends are going to be switching over to PC and I think more people are willing to try the game now that it's going to be on PC. Vince, what about you? Uh, assuming I have a new PC by then, sure, because that's where most of my friends will be at the time as well. Right. Yeah. It, it was said, though, that the PC version might come out later than the console version, mm-hmm. which would suck, but hopefully not by too much. But the PC version will look significantly better and have no uh, caps on the frame rates. So that's pretty freaking awesome. Like, I, I was a little worried because, you know, traditionally when you have a console exclusive developer decide to release their game on PC, it typically doesn't go very well. But the more I read up on, you know, the amount of you know, who they're partnering with and the amount that they're putting behind this. And, you know, if it's going to be on Battle.net, Blizzard is not going to let them fuck it up. Right. Like, it's it, it it's raising my confidence level significantly. Which leads us right into that, which is where I was going as well. You're welcome. Battle.net. 
I was watching the video and it was a busy day work wise. So I just had the video on and I, I wasn't listening to the whole thing, but I'd, I'd listen every once in a while. And then all of a sudden I see Mike Morheim. I go, the fuck is Mike Morheim doing there? <laughs> I yeah. get the whole Activision Blizzard thing. Sure. But it's still, it, it didn't make sense. It'd be like, again, really one, it it'd be sense. like Ubisoft it's lending their tech to no. Bioware. Like I said, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. I'm not against it. In fact, I think it's a great idea for us because a lot of us have our friends in Battle.net in the app. Even well, if we're not consistently so playing WoW, say, we still have all of our friends there. So if some of those are playing Destiny, bonus. It'll be that much easier to find people well, to play with. It's the smartest decision I think they've made throughout the entire process. One, there's a content delivery system that operates independently of the other delivery systems that have proven to be not developer friendly. Looking at you here, Steam. It has something that's already in place with a group of people that are already under the same mother company, essentially, that love the game, that have already been in, instrumental in trying to turn that ship around with them. Don't forget, Blizzard's employees were brought in by Activision to write the ship of, wow, Destiny sucks. Let's fix it. They were the ones that went in and said, here's everything we fucked up. Here's everything you need to do to not fuck up. Here's how you can fix it. It makes perfect sense. And then it doesn't involve Steam. It doesn't involve the Microsoft store, which you had no damn well they were going mm -hmm. to avoid. It doesn't have to involve Sony or mm -hmm. any, anyone else. And it's something that they can control, right? It's something that the company that they're under has control over. They don't have to worry about shit. It's the smartest thing that they possibly could have done for that, especially with implementing things like looking for group, uh, yep. anything that has to do with any expansion of the social aspect of the game. What other company, what other game out there makes it as easy to find random people to group with than everything that Blizzard has produced? I think it's something you're going to see a lot more of going forward with Activision's games because we've seen a lot of the developers are starting to shy away from Steam, but it's kind of backfired on them. Like, you know, when you put out something like Origin, which is a terrible piece of software and you're asking people to leave behind something they enjoy for something that they don't. But if you're Activision and you have this vaunted system that's been around for decades at this point, that if anybody plays games on PC, I guarantee you they have at least something going through Battle.net like it's it makes good business sense. Like I'm not saying every Activision game is going to end up on BattleNet, but this is. And to be fair, they even they even they even flat out said like it's not going to be every game. They've made that perfectly clear, mm -hmm. but it's going to be the ones that make sense. And this yeah. makes sense. It fills the, a, the ones that are built around a, community oh, in the same way BattleNet is. I got this. It fills a Titanic hole in the BattleNet launcher, doesn't it? Congratulations, Marty. You're a new co-host because Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <sighs> I'm free. <laughs> oh shit he's passed the pun curse on to me <laughs> oh i totally agree i think i mean we we're talking about it um actually on the all comics considered page about why is this a thing and somebody pointed out uh, or one of our listeners pointed out like you know activism plus activision equals activision so they keep the most of the money in their own units so yeah like joe said i think it's a very smart, if not the smartest idea they've done. 
It's going to be interesting. That's for damn sure. And again, <laughs> it, judging by the Especially fact when you could buy your game with WoW tokens, that's the exactly. other thing too. There's going to be some weird shit going on there. That's if they allow that. But uh, no, they they are like they said so. Spiking because of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yep, I just read that article. That's and also, like uh, Zer is in WoW. Like I don't know if you guys have found him. <laughs> really? Yeah, Zer is in WoW. Which I find like I want to buy stuff from. Yeah, him. he's in yeah. he's in Dalaran. You can get yeah. extra special stuff from him. Yeah, when they announced him, awesome. it was a get coins. I thought it was awesome. Out. Yeah, Zer is uh, Zer is such a weird ass character, a weird NPC, and I love him. Is he like, still around? He's still around. Comes by every oh, Friday. Never disappear. And I wonder where he's going to show up in Destiny Two. Like. You know, my refrigerator box somewhere. Oh, my God. Oh, so other the other thing I'm excited about with Destiny 2, though, I, I just need to point out, you guys notice that sweeper bot is yes. like the, the tower is falling apart. We're running to go save the speaker and there's sweeper bot just Dude, working away. The uh, crowd pop that sweeper bot got <laughs> and that reveal made me happy inside it got bigger so it got a bigger applause than some of the news that you know they were hoping people would clap and there was a pause and nobody clapped so then they keep talking meanwhile sweeper bot everybody goes nuts <laughs> well like in halloween was it halloween no it was like the 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 holiday event one of the holiday events you had to go find sweeper bot's broom and then you get to ride a broom as a sparrow for a while um yeah I, I, shit uh, who here still has their ascendant raisins? Like, and you get a piece of wilted celery now for Halloween. It's just, I wonder what they're going to do with it. And I want it to carry <laughs> over so bad. I love, I love that you're concerned about raisins and, and celery, right? Like, well, cause like, so Eris Moore, because in, they couldn't have put it into the game just as a joke. Like, no, right. there's a greater no. meaning. There was, well, there was like, you, you got like, I don't remember. You, I got something for it. I don't remember what it was, but you get something for it if you held on to the raisins. Um, but like literally they introduced this event for Halloween and everybody's given you candy that gives you like an XP boost. And then you go to visit Eris Morn, who's the creepy hunter. And she's like, I was told you give dried fruits uh, for this holiday. So here are some raisins. And you're like, you're such a weirdo. You're giving me raisins. That's the worst thing to give anybody on Halloween. And then the next year, it kicks off a whole quest that you can go do, um, which I enjoyed the hell out of. So Okay, let's move on. Does it carry over to Destiny 2 as your box of fucking raisins? Raisin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the raisins and the Mita, but it's going to be the raisins. It's going to be like in Metal Gear Solid when he starts off with a pack of cigarettes. You just have a box of raisins. <laughs> it would be so good. We are getting an extra slot for a gun, which is very nice because mm-hmm. that's, again, always a limitation. And it's the game's about shooting things and having fun shooting things and collecting as many things with which to shoot things. So I also like the way us- they're splitting it up where it's not main weapon, sub weapon. Now it's whatever weapon you want to use. Just you have one that shoots bullets and one that shoots lasers. And then the other big thing, too, is the the quote-unquote improvements, the different new specs essentially to the three classes as well. Joe, actually, you want to take this? No, or, I'm or, good. or not. You, you motherfucker, you don't remember. <laughs> so starting with the Warlock, we've got now it's going to be the Dawnblade, which looked amazing. 
<laughs> Warlock's always right. been my favorite. So, well, closely followed by Hunter. But I saw that and it was like, it's just absolutely spectacularly beautiful to look at. It looks awesome in terms of gameplay as well. Exciting as fuck. I, I loved it. It was like that. That had me very excited. They were talking about it on another on the I listened to a Destiny Lore podcast and one of the guys got to go was at the event and was talking about like you stay in the air and you hover as a Dawnblade for a really fucking long time and you're just raining holy fire down on all these people. And so like I'm just we're watching the stream and like they were just destroying those cabal coming into the city. Like it was so good to watch. Was super excited for warlock players. It's it's nice because it's going to offer a again that dimensionality to gameplay where you can it's not just playing on the ground you can float up and shoot down you can do all of these things so this adds a, an extra element to that that is insanely epic at the same time like you're shooting down freaking flaming swords mm-hmm. God like it's just freaking cool and then as mentioned earlier the Titan is getting Sentinel. That's getting the Captain America shield and the hunter's getting the arc strider, the electric staff, which of course, as a Diablo player was immediately, Oh, they're going to be a monk essentially is what it breaks down to, which is a very odd thing to me to jump from a hunter to a, a monk with the staff, but it looks so awesome to play and it offers a very different gameplay style as well than just the sh- stay back and shoot akin to what the hunters already have. So as a hunter, what did you think of it then, Marty? I am holding judgment because there's part of me that thought it was really cool, but I'm sorry. There is like nothing as cool as cap shield. Like it's the, for me is the best thing. And I was so I'm watching like, Oh, that's great. He's got a stick. That's cool. Well, and it wasn't, for me, it wasn't just the stick. It was all the, the mobility stuff around yeah. it. Like, you're not just – because with the – what is it called now? The the arc blade, yeah. I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, right yeah, right. You, you, you run in, you slash a couple times like Genji, and then, and then you're done. Whereas this, it just looked and felt very different from a movement standpoint, which, which could set it apart. If it adds to dodge or you're harder to hit when you're Ooh, doing yeah. that, then I think that, would, that that as a function would be super cool. But – um. I'm holding judgment because I'm not sure that's what it, I mean. If it's just like you just move that way, but you can still be gunned down when you're flipping across the, uh, you know, across the game map to kill some dudes like in PVP. I'm not sure how that fun that would be uh, speaking as a person that has been gunned down, activating a super with an animate during the animation yeah. phase. Like if I'm spinning around and it's harder to hit me. Awesome. And then it then that will work. Um but I'm still on the fence. And like, if I have to give up arc blade for that, like it's, it's gotta be a little bit better than just, you know, you, you look like stick. So, but you're already giving up your shield to get a shield. Oh yeah, totally. 100%. Like I don't give a shit about the Thunder Titan. <laughs> you give me a shield and it bounces back and it does that stuff. Like, yeah. Like the only other thing that would be cool is if instead of you got a arc strider, you got like arc Wolverine and you get the claws that pop out and it goes snicked and you're just running across with electric talons, tearing people to shreds. That's the only thing that would be just as cool as Cap Shield. You're listening, Bungie? What I like so much about these new classes is you can tell Bungie looked at, you know, the current state of the game 
and was completely sick of having to balance the game around Warlocks having that res. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I went, okay, they're just not going to have that anymore. Well, we can't take it away. What should we give them? Wings and flying swords. <laughs> so I I know some of the old specs are going to remain because the, the guy from Destiny. Right, but as words, I understand, yeah. these specs are replacing the corresponding elemental specs that are in the game now. Oh, so yeah. the Dawnblade is going to be replacing the, what is it, the Sun Strider? Yeah. The, the, uh, the Arc Strider is going to be replacing the Arc Blade, and the Sentinel is going to be replacing the Defender. Because they've added a lot more defensive and, features. And they're, the they're, they're so. tweaking everything else, of course, as well. Yeah. I will say, though, that as much as I, I, I did enjoy playing a Titan, I, I should say I do enjoy playing a Titan, it is, it is fun. And especially once you really figure out the class and what they're good for, then, yeah, it's a ton of fun. But that shield, for me, it wasn't a Captain America shield I was seeing. Well, obviously you do. But for me, it was seeing a Paladin shield in WoW. That being mm -hmm. able to shoot your shield out to get aggro and it bounces off several NPCs and then they come to you. That's how I saw it, that kind of gameplay. And for me, I love playing that kind of Paladin. So it was like, oh, Jesus, that would be a ton of fun in an actual FPS now, a legit FPS as well. So I, I was looking forward to it. Was there anything with these three in terms of what's being taken away that you're actually a little disappointed in then? That you wish it hadn't changed? So there's a lot of lore about and and on like uh, written on uh, blue blues and on blue meaning the rare loot um, about a hunter and their knife, and so that for me was like you know a hunter and their knife is that's that's literally part of their story, um, but if they can make it work. And I give Bungie the benefit of the doubt when it comes to stuff like this. I think they'll make it work. It's just it's going to be hard letting some of that go. But I agree. It's for our knife. Yeah, I like agree. there's cool armor pieces that showcase like hunter armor has knives everywhere because you can never have too many knives. So, Joe, what about you? Honestly, I am really excited for the new class, especially as the hunter, because it looked very cool, even from um, like you're saying like it's a monk it's going to a melee class and stuff like that i actually kind of dig that because a hunter to me is more agility based not just necessarily ranged base and that kind of is a cool twist on that so that was interesting to me it, it piqued my interest funnily enough i'm still not interested in anything to do with uh, titan or warlock really yeah like, even with the Captain America shield and with all the extra stuff, I'm just it, nothing. Huh. <laughs> so moving on to the new planets as well. They're going to be putting more stuff on Earth. There's going to be stuff on Titan, on Io and Nessus. The European dead zone looked freaking amazing. The zones also look significantly bigger and far, um, not just more in-depth, but more... I don't know how to word it. It just it it, it felt far more organic in, mm -hmm. in terms of this is a lived in world. A lot of bad shit has happened and not kind of just stuck together because that's one of the things with the the first destiny as well. As much as it's a good looking game, a lot of the different zones and different planets kind of look very similar, used a lot of the same assets and different things like that. Whereas what we saw here, granted, some of it was, of course, just cinematics, but even the gameplay 
I felt it had a different feel to it in terms of the look, and it looked a lot more authentic. It looked like something that it, it's a noticeable leap forward. So Nessus is a real planetoid in our solar system. Um, clearly, it's not terraformed and run by giant robots, but like it's Someday. a Someday. Well, <laughs> fair enough. I can't tell you how I know all the things, but I'm not from outer space um, yet. Uh, but I think what I'm super excited for is like we're going to Titan and there's a lot of really cool. I don't know if you guys like read the books of sorrow as many times as I have. Um, but there's a lot of lore about gas giants and what lives in the center of gas giants and its connection to the light and the darkness. And we're going to Titan, which is a moon. I what a sort of Saturn. No, it's of Jupiter. Jupiter. Um, and it's there's stuff there that is going to change our understanding of, of the relationship to the type to, uh, to the traveler and the light. And I am so jazzed for Titan because it's also all liquid methane, um, which is also really cold. So I don't know why Zavala is not wearing a hat because he's bald and it's pretty he's not because he's fucking Zavala. He's tough uh, as he's shit. Zavala, yeah. <laughs> Zavala just walks. He's so hot. He just makes everything warm when his, with his presence. Um, he just talks to the cold air and it warms up. Uh, but like, I just am so excited about Titan. Like it's, it's, an amazing thing and there's so much lore about the Jovian planets and I I want to go there now like I've wanted to go there like going to the Dreadnought is not the same thing as going to Titan and I'm just jazzed to go to Titan what I thought was cool about the new planets too is not so much just how fully realized they appeared but after watching the homecoming quest led me to believe that hopefully that means that the questing on those planets will also be spectacular because Mm -hmm. this wasn't like what we're experiencing now in destiny. This was kind of a step above and seemed to have more RPG elements, even at points, which I loved. I, I adored the way they handled that. And if we can expect a lot more questing on the various planets, like we saw in that homecoming quest line, the first missions that you do in destiny Two, Oh my God, I am all fucking yeah. in. That would be astounding. If we can get rise of iron gameplay, which, you know, like fast and quick, but there's also a, like a taken King lore element. They will have combined everything I want in destiny. So I'll have to figure out a way to just like stream it. So I don't have to go to work ever again, because that's, <laughs> you know, all right, then parting thoughts on this, Marty, will uh, let you go first. So my big concern, I haven't done enough research on this point, but I want to see what happens to our swords and our melee weapons. Excuse me, and our melee weapons. I guess my voice is I cracking again. I heard somebody again. spotted a katana in the new footage, so oh, might not be Jesus. going away. Okay, because um, if you re- like, not only is it like uh, when you use a, a one of the swords, the pers- or the battle axe, it changes perspective, uh, but you also uh, there's a lot of lore behind these weapons and like why the why do these giant you know space insect zombies called the hive why do they all use swords and it's written into their backstory about why they do and i want to fight them with swords because they have it coming <laughs> so that is my biggest concern like the hive have it coming guys and uh, they're bad and i cannot wait if we get a hint on um 
Oryx's sisters in this game. If we can get the swords and we get that hint of the Oryx's sisters, I will be one happy camper. Vince, what about you? Well, the thing for me is I'm excited just to play because uh, unlike you guys, I haven't touched the game since vanilla. And it's not like, oh, it sucked. I didn't want to play it. But like I said earlier, Taken King came out like right at the same time as Fallout. So I had to make that choice. and I chose Fallout and I still stand by that choice because it was my game of the year that year. And then when uh, Rise of Iron came out, that's when I was moving to Pennsylvania. So that sure as hell wasn't happening. So now this is three years since I played Destiny. The the crappy version of Destiny that I still loved and logged so many hours into. And we've talked about Destiny so many times on the podcast. And like since I haven't like, you know, been in a position to actually play, like, like I hear Joe and Roger talking about like, oh yeah, that's that's cool, but whatever. And then you sat me down, we're all we're gonna talk about this week is <laughs> Destiny. I'm like, well, I can't just phone it in. I gotta watch the fucking videos. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching it. And by the time I finished watching that that live stream, I had already repur- I had already purchased the two expansions that I missed and started re-downloading them, <laughs> which is why I posted earlier. God damn it! <laughs> oh, that is so exciting! Oh, That's awesome. Uh, Unfortunately for you guys, I'm on PS4. So. You know what's funny is that even though it would have cost me more to get it on PS4 because I have the base game, I'd only be buying the two expansions. But even that yeah. was more expensive than the sale on the Xbox One. But I almost got it just because I adore playing that game with the Vita integration. So we can be sitting now watching a show, the wife and I, and I can still be actually playing Destiny and it it worked seamlessly, beautifully. Well, the, bo- the bonus for me is uh, a lot of my friends from back in Florida still play Destiny on PS4 so I can hop in with them. Nice, nice. Cool. Yeah, well, we're going to be talking about it more as it comes out. And uh, and I'm probably going to talk about it here and there, too, as I'm playing this this Yahoo. Joe, what about you? What was some of your takeaways, some of your favorites? Honestly, everything. Like, it's such a cheesy thing to say, but I became very excited and very interested in a game that I hadn't touched in a while. I like the idea mostly, and I keep latching onto this, that it's a reboot. And I feel like I can actually get in at the ground level at this mm-hmm. time. And not have to worry about being left behind with everybody. Like, I feel like the level of access is going to be exactly what I need to really enjoy something that I think really is up my alley. Cool. I Everything I saw, I loved. There was quite literally nothing that I saw that I went, well, that's going to be horrible. There's stuff that I'm curious how it's going to be handled. There's there wasn't stuff- even much where I was like, eh, that might not be for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it was all, yeah, I really want to do this immediately. I So, yeah, the beta is going to be coming out this summer. If you pre-order, you're sure to spot in. Uh, the only problem that I'm seeing is, again, going back to that PC release through, through Battle.net, is we haven't heard when we can expect that beta to come out and when we can expect the pre-order to come out for that as well. Because, unfortunately, <laughs> this is a pre-order game for at least myself. I'm guessing for at least a couple of you two. And... Uh, and yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a day one purchase for sure. Uh, a couple. Oh yeah, a couple pods ago, Vince was talking about buying a steel box edition of a game that he loved. I think it was Persona. <laughs> I think it was Persona Five. Um, I bought the collector's edition 
Um, I was trying to justify buying like the edition that comes with the no. canvas bag. No, but no, never I get the super the deluxe. I, Just yeah. get the nice box and be happy with it. I, the nice <laughs> box, and it's got like uh, so the, the legendary the sword king had it. Yeah, <laughs> has a pick. Is got a, it's got a book in it that I cannot wait to read, and like. The Taken Kings Collector's Edition's got an annotated by Cade 6 uh, edition of Treasure Island. Jesus. So that featured in some sort of quest. It was it was ridiculous. So what's actually really funny is uh, this past month uh, for May, the Loot Crate theme was Galaxy. They had a bunch of like Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, other stuff in it. And one of the one of the the things it was a set of destiny patches for the three classes. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's cool, but whatever. We put it on the shelf. And then all of a sudden, like earlier tonight, Alicia's like, we still have those patches. I'm like, fuck yeah, we did. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> like, a complete turnaround in 48 hours. That's like they, they just are putting out now some pop vinyl figures from Destiny 1. With the lead characters and some other stuff, some cabal and different things. And it was like, oh, you motherfuckers. I, and oh. it's a GameStop exclusive. I don't even know if it's coming to Canada. And it was like, oh, you son of a bitches. Because I want them all. There are McFarland toys and there's a McFarland uh, shacks, I guess, that is supposed to be stunning. And um, like a McCarlin, McCarlin, a McFarland Cade 6 would be a figure that I would consider buying just because that sounds bad. Yeah. Well, I don't, come on. I, I don't, ha- I have one action figure that I got from my Marvel unlimited box. I don't, I stopped collecting them because I like, listen, get out boxes and boxes of comics yeah, in the you, basement. You run out of places to put all the shit <laughs> you do. And my wife is like, so anti hoarder that she's like, Oh, you see that comic book that you left on that bed as you're organizing stuff? I will throw it out if it is not organized by the end of this week. Shannon is That's all right. It's a daredevil. It's, oh, it was uh, – I think it was – no, it was um, Batman. completely missed it. <laughs> Tom King Batman, which was like, can't throw out Batman. All right. Anyways, that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Marty, where can folks find you? You can find me at allcomicsconsidered.com, and you can also find me at One Pretentious Bastard on Twitter. All right, and you can find the show notes for this at ForTheLord.com. You can find us on Twitter at ForTheLord. Joe is LoaderZJ, Vince is Simodian, and I am Zen Buddhist. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Marty, thank you very much for coming. I know that you oh, had... Guys, uh, thanks so much for having me. You kind of offered. It, it wasn't like like it just <laughs> came out of nowhere. There was and, the offer there. <laughs> and yeah, just, just throwing it out there. Thank you for Martying up your outro because you gave your own Twitter handle. Did he? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, I missed it. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, you guys have no idea how happy I get when you talk about, oh, Roger just Martied up the, the intro, the outro. Uh, I love my name being a verb. Oh, uh, well. All right. So, no, seriously, though, thanks for coming on. Do appreciate yeah, it. Was it. A blast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. 
If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. I do hope, I do hope, I do not.